Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shah. Today, we're going to be talking about all the trending topics all over social media and the internet. And we're also going to be doing a deep dive into BravoCon. You're not going to want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. All right, Tea Crew, let's get straight into this piping hot tea. And before we do that, I just want to put a disclaimer out there that all these stories are alleged and for entertainment purposes, especially because a lot of them were harvested from the streets this week. Um, (laughs) Those that listen regularly will know when I say something's from the streets, it has only been on one source that I found it on and it's possibly not true. But this is a tea podcast, so we're going to give it to you all. I always encourage you guys to get on the Googles and do your thing and look into things and find your own conclusion, your own research. This is just an entertainment podcast. Please do not take it that seriously. Now, having said that, let's get into the first one here. Selena Powell dry snitches on Clarence NYC. So Selena Powell is basically the cat stacks of the new millennium. She hooks up with guys. She gets flown out. She does the things of the things. And then for those that are married, engaged in a public relationship, she turns around and asks for hush money. This is basically how she's been getting by for the last few years. She tried to do a podcast um, with No Jumper that ended up, you know, flopping because of, you know, just her being her and (laughs) the nature of her business. Adam was not able to kind of like tone her down enough for them to have a weekly podcast. She was going to do that podcast with her friend, Eliza. And I don't know if they're even friends anymore. I don't think they are. I think Eliza made a video like, um, exposing her, but that's the thing about Selena, right? Nobody stays close friends with Selena for long, for whatever reason. So Selena hopped on her TikTok and basically put a blind item out that said that a YouTuber who has a kid with an R&B singer flew her out and was all in her DMs, but now, or wanted to fly her out and is all in her DMs and now is refusing to pay hush money. So the fans quickly put this together and they were like, oh my goodness, this is Clarence NYC. So for those that don't remember, Queen came to fame with her YouTube channel. It was a couple's channel between her and Chris Sales. They have since divorced. But immediately after that, she started a relationship with Clarence NYC. Now, Clarence had a YouTube channel of his own where him and I believe his friend Nick would put videos out and stuff. And in the beginning, it was kind of like looking like a collab, like Queen was up there to work with Clarence and Nick. And then it turned out to be that they were actually in a relationship, right? So I don't know if Clarence still YouTubes. Maybe he does. I don't know. But that's how they all kind of got famous through YouTube. And then, of course, Queen's career started taking off. She got pregnant with Legend. Um, and it's still, you know, going well. You know, Queen is a really great singer and she does put out good music. It's just hard to get into that really, like, hot, hot, hot vein. You know what I mean? I thought her last album was really good. I enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I'm an R&B fan, so that makes sense. But just overall, like, I just wish she could, like, get that one song that would, like, get her there. You know what I mean? But still, an uh, amazing artist and, you know, in her own right, R&B talent, right? So <laughs> Selena comes on TikTok and dry snitches on the situation. People are wondering what's going on. You know, it's so weird, their relationship. I never really saw it 
for Clarence and Queen. I always kind of saw it as like a rebound relationship. And especially with her that she was like, I'm never going to get remarried. Um, you know, that whole divorce and situation with Chris was like enough to take me out. I survived it. We have our son together, but I don't know if I would get remarried. Right. So now for her to be in a similar situation with cheating, allegedly, um, with Clarence. And to be fair, this is Selena Powell is not the first one who's, you know, accused Clarence of cheating. And then Queen has even put it in her music multiple times. And of course, music is just an expression, but it's like, uh, it's one or two happy songs. Most of her albums are like going back and forth with, you know, should I be with this person? Should I not be with this person? And I'm just saying it's not, it never truly gave true love to me. And that's just my personal opinion of the situation. I hope that there's nothing messy going on between him and Selena, because like she said, if she doesn't get her hush money, she will reveal everything. Um, but you know, she does her, she does her due. It'll be in the news for a couple weeks and then it won't be. And then it'll be up to the couple again to decide whether they want to go forward with this or not. But I don't know. She's always doing something. I wish these men would just stay away from these women. It's like, there's plenty of women <laughs> that want to hook up with you that will be discreet. Why you keep going to these women who are known to, you know, put people on blast and ruin families. Why you continuously mess with them is beyond me. But I guess it's easier to mess with somebody who slides in your DMs than try to chase somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even want to know at this point. You know what I mean? All right, let's get into the next topic here. Megan the Stallion gets real in her new song, Cobra. So Megan the Stallion has been doing kind of a cool rollout with snakes, fangs, snake eyes, all these things that she's been posting to her Instagram and social media pages. And people have been trying to guess, you know, what is coming up with this new single. Well, she finally broke off from her label, uh, 1501, where they have been having all these issues with, you know, Carl Crawford, the whole management team over there. And she finally was able to get herself with the judge's help out of this contract that she signed when she was a new artist. Right. So this is her first single independent, um, she paid for everything herself, everything. The video was so intricate and cool. Um, it was a snake theme, uh, you know, of course, Cobra snakes and everything. And also kind of like a rebirth. It kind of seemed like that was like another theme, like rebirth snakes, um, transformation, that kind of thing. Uh, in the song, she talks about her depression. She talks about, you know, drinking more than she normally would. You know, I don't think people realize within a span of maybe like a year and a half, uh, she was shot. Her mother passed, her grandmother passed, um, and this all happened, oh my God, it probably, yeah, like within a year and a half. And then she had to kind of relive this whole time period um, in the past December of 2022 because she had to go back through all of this and drag all this up for the trial, right? Because she had to testify. Um, it's just, I like this song. I don't know if it's commercial, but I don't think all songs need to be a commercial success. I really enjoyed her realness. I really enjoyed her talking about the things that she really went through. She also alleged that Partisan Fontaine cheated on her in her own bed. Allegedly, this is what Megan is saying. 
Um, and he kind of came back with a future meme. And I was so saddened by that because I really thought he was somebody that was in Meg's corner. But like she says in the song, you know, everybody was just, you know, waiting around for her to pay them. And they were kind of cool with everything that was going on because they were still getting paid. The money was still coming in. She was even more popular after she was assaulted um, because people were trying to be in her corner because there were so many heavy hitters that were on the opposing side. And we've gotten into that many, many times, and I'm honestly not going to get into it again, but there was a lot going on in the background. And she speaks about that. She speaks about, you know, really being to herself and having a room full of people and being alone. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that, especially if you are the breadwinner in your family, uh, in your friend group, in your whatever group that you're supporting everybody, you're paying everybody's bills. Everybody is basically relying on you to work for them to eat. And I think that that is a huge burden to put on somebody, especially after just losing your mom and your grandma. Like that's like her whole support system right there um, that she lost in less than a year after, you know, and then being on the public chopping block of people believing her, not believing her, whatever, like all of that weighs on your mental health. And it's like, yeah, you could have put out a little bop, diddy bop, a little, you know, pop this, pop that. But I think it's more important sometimes to get out how you're really feeling because a lot of people think that everybody is just floating through life, you know, taking a licking and keep on ticking. But at the end of the day, a lot of things do affect you mentally. And I think that um, she has an organization, Hotties Have Bad Days Too, where she talks about anxiety and depression and she gives resources for people. And I really think that's amazing work from somebody that comes, you know, from her, like one of the hottest rappers out right now, period, not just female, just one of the hottest rappers out, um, to tell people like, Hey, it's okay to be depressed. It's okay to have anxiety. You're human. And at the end of the day, you have to express yourself. You have to get the help you need. And being able to hear that from a superstar celebrity who has it all and still feels this way from time to time or, you know, the the episode that she was going through, it really is relatable to a lot of people. You know, a lot of people have had mental health struggles. I've had mental health struggles. You know, it really, when you hear something like that coming from a celebrity like that, it really makes people feel seen. It really makes people feel like, they can continue on and maybe go and get the resources. You know, some people may not feel comfortable getting the resources from a counselor or somebody at their job or somebody at their school. But when Megan Thee Stallion says it and puts the link in her bio, that might be a resource for a lot of young people to be like, and older people to be like, you know what, if Megan Thee Stallion is brave enough to talk about her depression in her music, brave enough to start a foundation and really say, you know, I was drinking too much. I needed help. I was in a depressive state. I had anxiety. This might cause people to really, it might save lives for people to really go to the link and get the help that they need versus feeling like nobody sees them. They can't identify with anybody who is really out here going through some of the same things that they're going through. So I think for that reason, it's like, you know, forget commercial success. I'm glad that she put this out there because it is her art. It is what she's going through. It's not something that's a poppy, you know, fluff song, but every song can't be that. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm glad that she did that. 
all right, let's get into some more mess here. <laughs> that was kind of a serious topic. Let's get into some more mess. Jocelyn Cabaret Reunion Part 1. Let me just tell y'all. Let's have a little mini tangent, right? So I got Zeus to basically watch Jocelyn's Cabaret. It's one of my favorite shows that they do, right? And I figured because Baddies East is also on, I will check that out in the meantime, in between time. Girl, I could not get into Baddies East this year. That's why I haven't really been covering it. Nobody's really been asking me and I've been like, cool. Because at the end of the day, it's like having it travel was better than just having them in the house fighting the entire time. But it's not that much better because it's literally like as soon as women don't want to fight, they're basically leaving the show and then they have to bring in three or four replacements. I feel like this really gives original Bad Girls Club, but in the reverse. In the, in the original Bad Girls Club, nobody was really physically fighting. It was all just like verbal. But the times that they would have physical fighting, those two women or whoever was involved would have to leave the house and they'd have to bring in replacements because of that. Um, but on this show, it's like, if you don't fight, you have to leave. I don't know. It's just a mess. And I really couldn't get into it. So I was like hoping and praying for the reunion to come soon so I can watch the reunion and then cancel. <laughs> but anyway, the first part of the reunion did air last night. I was watching football, so I didn't get a chance to watch it like last night, but I watched it this morning. And honestly, it was pretty decent. I like the fact that they only had about a half an hour of, or so of the intros and the hair. And you know how sometimes like that's like the entire first part of the reunion is them bringing cameras into the room with the girls who like each other and have them kind of talk about the other girls. So that way, when they get on stage, you kind of know who has beef with who, whatever, whatever, when they start fighting each other. Now, this reunion was hosted by Just Hilarious and Janisha John, and they looked lovely, um, ready to kind of kick things off. And then you have Jocelyn popping through. People were rumoring that Jocelyn may be pregnant, but she was asking for shots and stuff throughout production. So I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if you'd be asking for shots and champagne and stuff, like just in the background, like asking production for alcohol if you were pregnant, but I don't know. It didn't really give pregnancy to me, but I thought I'd bring it up because it was in the comments and people have been kind of speculating, um, as she's been on tour, if she is indeed pregnant, I don't know. Um, so the ladies have a half an hour pre, um, pre the reunion, actually getting onto that reunion stage, uh, holiday and spin get into it over some things that happen on social media. This is my thing, right? And it happens every single year. I'm not singling spin out, but if you didn't say something to the person while you were living with them for, I don't know, 10 weeks, not even 10 weeks, maybe six weeks or four weeks, however long you were living with the person, you never said anything to them in the house. And it was like, kind of, they had a friendship as far as I could tell. And then you get home and you're like, this person bullied me. They talked about my outfits. They talked about my body and da, 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 da. And it's like, then why would you sit there and be friends with them in the house? See, to me, that gives, I want to have somebody in the house who will have my back. But as soon as I get home to safety, I'm going to flip on that person. You know what I mean? Because Holiday is a big woman. And I think that her friendship with Spin was like, okay, if anybody sets it off of me, 
holiday will have my back. You know what I mean? And then to turn around at the reunion and be like, she bullied me. It's like, oh girl, like it's really, really too much. So they get into it. I don't know. One fell. The other one got her wig knocked off. And it was like, at one point, holiday was spanking spin like a bad child. I was just like, this right here is crazy. They do their couple rounds or whatever. Jocelyn and the security team break it up after that. And she's like, well, whatever you got left, you got to leave it on the stage. So I was like, cool, let's move on to the actual stage. Unpopular opinion too. Can we kind of just see the girls that make it to the cabaret? And I say that because this house this year was so divided, right? You had the ones that actually wanted to dance that were dancing with Jocelyn at the Floyd Mayweather fight, that were dancing with Jocelyn here, dancing with Jocelyn there, and they were getting career opportunities. And then you had some women who were just back at the house fighting. And I just feel like it's two different shows. For those that actually had, you know, the responsibility of performing and really getting up there and doing something with the cabaret. I feel like they should be in one bucket. And then the women that literally just came on the show for entertainment and to fight, never did any performances, didn't make it to the tour. Like no offense. Like I don't want to hear what they have to say. Like they might not agree with each other. They might have things to work out, but it's like, you're not in the cabaret. You're not on the tour. You didn't do any of the performances. You're literally just here. <laughs> it's like, why do we have to listen to what you are beefing about? It's supposed to be about a cabaret. You know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be about dancing in some fashion. Like, if all of them aren't dancing. <clears throat> excuse me, y'all. Now, they did all perform with Jocelyn. I think she said the last performance that she did with Starless before she started the tour they all got a chance to do like their own little segment in that. But I don't know. It just gives like women fighting after that. You know, like I want to hear you messed up on the choreography and that made me mad. Or we were on the private jet going to an event and you were being like loud and screaming like that kind of stuff is like, okay, at least you're working. And then drama happened while you were working. Some of y'all that just basically moved into the mansion and didn't do anything, like, I don't really need to hear from you at the reunion. This is my unpopular opinion, but that's how I feel. Like, for those that really just came in the house and did absolutely nothing but fight other people in the house, I really don't see why we need to have your opinion for the reunion. Hmm? <laughs> All right, let's get to the next topic here. Lauren Hill speaks about her lateness and the fact that she comes to the stage with a message from God. Now, Lauren Hill is on a tour with the Fugees right now, and people have been really enjoying the tour. Some people haven't seen the tour because her lateness has caused them to miss it. And then other people have said, you know, it was great to see her, but the music just wasn't the same as they remembered. So let's get into it. So Lauren Hill, you know, is known for her tardiness. And nowadays I've always been, I've been complaining about this for the last couple months. Um, it's cheaper to rent these venues and use these venues during the week. So to make the most profit, even huge celebrities are doing things on the weekdays because then you also don't have to compete with the sporting events. A lot of sporting events are happening Saturday, Sunday, Friday, right? So if you do a tour and you're going through different arenas, different venues, 
during the week, like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll have a cheaper rate and you'll also be able to not have to compete with different sports events that are going on, right? So I said that to say, we have concerts that are taking place during the week and people are waiting two, two and a half hours on average for her to come out and perform. And then when she performs, you know, she also gives her story, she gives her background. People are saying it's an amazing experience, but at the same time, some people are like, it's not even coming from a petty vein. I have kids, I have a job, I have responsibilities. I am not able to wait, you know, two to two and a half hours after she's supposed to come out. And then you also have the show, right? So you're sitting there, you're waiting for two and a half hours, you're having dinner, you're doing whatever, Lauren finally comes out and then she does like an hour. So by the time you get home, I mean, it's a lot for some people and they're just not able to wait. They're not able to do it. Well, Lauren took to the stage and she talks about not just being asked to come and do a tour, but that she has to get her mind right backstage. She has to get her spirit right because when she comes onto the stage, she's coming with a message from God. Now I'm religious and I do understand that Your art as an artist, as a performer, it's not just about getting up and giving the best performance that you can for some people. For some people, it really is a soul tie. It really is something that comes from deep within them. But you also have to understand that people are coming to support you. They're paying their hard-earned money in a recession to come see you perform and support you. And you have to think about your fans and supporters And for that reason, it's like, okay, if you know it's going to take you two hours to really get in line mentally and spiritually, then you should be backstage at three o'clock or four o'clock. So you can do what you need to do by the time you come out at seven or eight. You know, that's what's fair to your fans. That's what's fair to your supporters is to really take the time that you need before the show, but still be, you know, somewhat on time for the show in half an hour, 40 minutes is custom. It's customary. I think people understand that. I think people know that, you know, when I go to a concert and it starts before then, I'm like, oh, they're on time, you know, because that's customary, but two hours, come on now. And this tour has been canceled, rescheduled, canceled, rescheduled, and people are still coming out in the thousands, in the hundreds of thousands, over, you know, a combination of different show dates to see you. So I think you have to take that into account and be responsible for, you know, your time management and your fans that really want to see you perform and support you, you know? All right. So let's get into the next topic here. Nicki Minaj formally tells the barbs not to go after people, (laughs) not to social media stalk people or, you know, harm people in any way, even if they speak out against her. And she said, you know, with the album coming up, we have bigger fish to fry, right? So people have been asking (laughs) Nicki Minaj to address her fandom as it relates to doxing people, which is putting people's personal information out, threatening people, um, harassing people on social media, and even in person, finding um, information out about people, trying to go to their homes, trying to find out where they work, trying to get them fired from their jobs. These are all things allegedly that Barb's have done in the past. And Nicki Minaj finally formally told them, hey, you know, this is not something that I can co-sign. Please stop doing this. 
Um, and she, I don't think she's ever said that explicitly, um, except for this weekend. And as it relates to Pink Friday too, Nikki said she got in some new vocals that she thinks the Barb's are really going to love. And people have been speculating that it's Tamar Braxton. Tamar and Nikki had a little back and forth, a you know, friendly back and forth in the comment section as Nikki was talking about wanting to work with somebody and write music for somebody. And I think Tamar hopped in her comments and was like, I'll take a song if you're ready, if you're white, if you're writing and you know, you want to pass the song on to someone uh, who may sing R&B or whatever. So people are thinking that the two linked up and did a song together. Listen, I know I have criticized Nikki in the past and all of her antics are not my favorite, especially with that that she is married to. Um, But I am looking forward to Pink Friday too. I hope it's a good album. I remember being in college and absolutely loving Pink Friday one. It was one of my favorite albums to this day. Um, some of the songs on the, that album are some of my most played songs um, <laughs> in my apps and Spotify and where I listen to music and stuff like that. So I, you know, definitely appreciated the first Pink Friday and I'm hoping that the second Pink Friday is also good. There's no hate in my blood. I want to see all the rap girlies win. You know, I don't think that there has to be only one reigning supreme or, you know, one on top, you know, the guys do it. The guys have multiple men out at the same time, multiple men making money, going on tour together even, and just bringing all this money in. I'd like to see that for female rap as well, you know? All right, everyone, this has been the trending topics. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there, and welcome to the Sports Update with J-Rob. Today I will be covering Week 9 of the NFL regular season, so let's get started. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Tennessee Titans. Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson caught 7 passes for 90 yards and 1 touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts completed 17 passes for 207 yards and two touchdowns. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey passed Tony Gonzalez to become the Chiefs all-time leader in receiving yards. The Green Bay Packers defeated the Los Angeles Rams. The Packers defense did not allow a touchdown in this game. The Washington Commanders beat the New England Patriots Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin caught five passes for 73 yards. The Houston Texans defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Texans quarterback C.J. Stroud set the NFL single game rookie passing record. He threw for 470 yards. The Cleveland Browns shut out the Arizona Cardinals. Browns wide receiver Amari Cooper caught five passes for 139 yards and one touchdown. The New Orleans Saints beat the Chicago Bears. Saints cornerback Paulson Adebo caught two interceptions, forced one fumble, and recorded one fumble recovery. The Baltimore Ravens blew out the Seattle Seahawks. The Ravens led 17-3 at the half and cruised to victory. 
the Minnesota Vikings defeated the Atlanta Falcons. Vikings quarterback Josh Dobbs completed 20 passes for 158 yards and two touchdowns. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Carolina Panthers. Colts cornerback Kenny Moore caught two interceptions and ran both interceptions back for touchdowns. The Las Vegas Raiders embarrassed the New York Giants. The Raiders led 24-0 at the half and never looked back. The Cincinnati Bengals defeated the Buffalo Bills. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow completed 31 passes for 348 yards and two touchdowns. And the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the San Francisco 49ers all had bye weeks. And this has been the sports update with J Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T Crew, it's my favorite part of the podcast. It's the deep dive. And today we are talking about you know it, you love it. Bravo Con. <laughs> Bravo Con touched down last weekend and it carried all the way through to Sunday with two new premieres of Mary to Medicine and Real Housewives of Potomac. So let's just get straight into some of these highlights from Bravo Con. Hopefully, I can touch on whatever you were thinking about. If not, leave it in the comments and I might do a part two mini sip because. This BravoCon was chock full of crazy. I wish I would have been there on the ground. Wasn't able to be there, but it's cool. Um, <laughs> let's get into the first portion here. So firstly, the questions were wild this year. And I honestly think it's creators trying to have a moment. So we all know BravoCon is very, very expensive. And it has kind of priced out the regular fans and the smaller creators like myself, right? If you don't um, kind of understand what's going on in the Bravo universe is that a lot of people make content off of Bravo. They have YouTube channels, Instagram pages, TikTok pages, and all these things, and they're getting all of their content from Bravo. So for those people that are monetized and making a lot of money off of it, it is worth it for them to travel to um, BravoCon because they can meet with the housewives. And, you know, now with these question segments, they can get up and have their quote unquote viral moment reposted to TikTok. Now they have more content, right? So this is their only way to really interact with a lot of the housewives. And I think they take that to have a moment. You know what I mean? And I think that's fine. You know, you pay all your money. It's thousands of dollars plus hotel accommodations plus travel. You should be able to speak your mind and say whatever you want to say, right? So the next thing that really like floored me was Robin getting booed for not sharing Juan's cheating on the show, but sharing it on her podcast behind a paywall. Now, I almost forgot about this, but people were asking for Robin last season to be fired because after the season wrap, she had her little wedding and everything. She never spoke about the infidelity that she caught Juan in and basically, you know, him being kind of caught out there weeks before they were supposed to start shooting before they were supposed to start planning their wedding, right? So she was called out for this. Karen Huger 
also kind of calls her out for this because they're like, you know, everybody else is sharing their cheating. Everybody else is sharing their lives. And Robin got to skate under the mat of having the rest of the women kind of bring it up because she was able to talk about it on her podcast with just Giselle, who she is friends with already. So honestly, you know, Robin, you deserve to get booed. At the end of the day, I thought she was going to get demoted to a friend of. She did not. Um, because that really is some shysty stuff. I do remember at the time, Andy being very upset with the fact that not only did she not share on the show, but she put it on the paywall. You are getting behind a paywall. You're getting paid to be on Real Housewives of Potomac. (laughs) You know what I mean? How dare you turn around and put some of your private information behind a paywall on a Patreon when we're paying you to share your life with us and the fans, you know? So that wasn't a surprise. I'm I'm actually somewhat surprised she didn't get demoted to a friend of the show, but I think the chemistry on Potomac is so good. They don't want to ruin it by bringing, you know, knocking somebody else down. They are bringing somebody else on to the show, but I just think that the chemistry is so good. They're like, we don't want to mess up a good thing. You know, Karen Huger also said on the, um, Real Housewives of Potomac panel that, uh, she thinks Chris and Candace will make it and that whatever allegations are going on are just allegations. And she doesn't think it's anything too deep. I totally agree with Karen. I don't know that lady that Tasha K brought on her show was intoxicated She admitted she was intoxicated. She couldn't get some of the facts right. It was just a very weird situation. Now, do I think everything in the buttermilk is clean in their marriage? Absolutely not. I don't think any of them really are. Um, A lot of it is performative, I'm sure. A lot of it is, you know, I don't want to be a housewife without a husband type situation. I, I know that that is definitely what their marriage gives. But as far as this lady in particular... I don't think she'll be any kind of threat for their marriage at all, (laughs) to be honest with y'all. All right. And then I also want to talk about how fans had heat for Jennifer Aiden, but nothing for Jackie, who literally flip flopped and changed panels. So one of the wild questions that I was speaking about was a fan asked Jennifer Aiden if she could be any more far up um, Teresa's butt, basically, during the show. And I was like, it's always fans having smoke for the housewives of color, but never for the other housewives because Jackie literally flip-flopped between panels just days before BravoCon and there was no smoke for her whatsoever that I saw on the panels. You know, they asked Marge about her relationship with Jackie, but I didn't even see Jackie get pressed for switching panels and now being quote unquote friends with Teresa after she realized some of the things that Marge did over the years. And she didn't even address her relationship with Melissa. I'm like, wow, we see who y'all are coming for per usual. And then lastly, Andy was asked about Ramona And he confirmed that she was asked not to come to BravoCon. So it wasn't just a matter of her not coming. She was asked specifically not to come after her remarks came out that we had a mini sip on last week. But Ramona made a partial racial slur. That just annoys me also that people are like specifying that it was a partial racial slur. It was a racial slur. 
That's what she meant when she said it. And I don't really care if it's a shortening of the word. A partial racial slur is trying to demean what she actually did and make it not a big deal when it actually was a big deal. And I can't stand that so many outlets are saying partial racial slur. It was a racial slur because she meant it in a derogatory and negative way towards the African-American community, period. Anyway, um, (laughs) you know, it just gets me so mad when I see big publications talking about partial racial slur, like, shut up, stop trying to, you know, desensitize everybody to her racism. She's a racist at the end of the day. Anyway, um, Andy was asked about it and he did say, you know, she was specifically asked not to come and she is not here. And, um, but at the same time, he confirmed that she will be on Roni Legacy, Ultimate Girls Trip, and it will air December 14th. However, I have heard from sources on the ground, Cough Cough Kempire, shout out to him. He did say that the trailer for Roni Legacy, Ultimate Girls Trip was heavily edited and Ramona was barely in it. So people are now speculating that Ramona will get a heavy edit out of the show and they had enough footage to still make it work um, for the eight episodes of Roni Legacy. I'm going to tell y'all right now, not that a lot of you guys watch it, but I will not be covering Roni Legacy. I I don't feel like she's the only one. I feel like, like I said in the mini sip, I feel like several of them condone the behavior, don't mind the behavior. Um, and that's why she's been able to get away with it for so long on the show. And I just don't feel like it's the show for me. Um, but for those that like the rest of the cast and we're just gonna, you know, pass it up because of Ramona's involvement, I will say, uh, based on the updated trailer that she is barely in it. And if you enjoy the rest of the, um, original Real Housewives of New York, you may, you may enjoy, um, that ultimate girl's trip. I don't know. It just speaks to a lot that they might pull Morocco because of the alleged sexual assault of Caroline Manzo, but they won't pull Roni legacy because of Ramona. It's weird to me. And it definitely shows a line in the sand. And it also kind of makes me feel like if it weren't for certain shows, would I phase out my Bravo content? I don't know. Um, but overall, the girls had a good time at BravoCon. Um, if you went, let me know um, what you thought, what were your highs, what were your lows in the comments. And then for those that watch the panels on Peacock or the lives of some of the creators, what were some of your favorite moments? I would love to know. All right, this is the end of this deep dive. Stay tuned for my outro comments. All right, tea crew, I have thoroughly enjoyed spilling the tea with you, but I have to let you go. You have things to do. I have things to do. The holidays are coming up. (laughs) You don't have another moment to waste listening to my lovely angelic voice. So uh, thank you for spending this 35 or 40 minutes with me. As always, thank you for also sharing the podcast, listening to the reels, sharing the reels, reposting all the things you do to grow this little community. 
Um, per usual, convict the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. We won't stop until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Keep saying her name, people. I know it's been a long time, but she did not deserve to die. As always, have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.